I'm dreaming of revelry, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Chelsea and Wolves got their wins and Mike Ashley's unhappy. It's Tuesday, 15th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Venetian Hunter Raja. Hi, gang. Good to have you with us. Oh, Jimmy, you're looking sexy. Oh, thanks, mate. Mm-hmm. Believe it, brother. <laughs> Believe <laughs> well, it. Well, I don't. Now you've said that, I absolutely don't. I don't lie. I always tell the truth, don't I, Vish? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Little John, basically. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Like Little John? Yeah, it's a, it's a line from a... Um, Robin Hood? No, uh, what was that annoying band called? Oxford Comma, like... Um, I should know who they are. I don't remember. I'm, you know, I'm lost. Great Basically, start. there's a line, Little John, he always tells the truth, and Marcus Speller, you always tell the truth. It's very true indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Who am I to lie to you? Um, of course, now then, gentlemen, we had two Premier League games last night. Mm. And uh, as I said at the start, Chelsea and Wolves got their wins in case you haven't checked the news. If you're using us as a news outlet, especially breaking news, then do uh, reassess. But, um, but yes, Brighton hosted Chelsea so soon after the last time. Uh, yeah, of course. Fans were allowed in that one. They weren't allowed in the one that mattered. Yeah, that's true. It's slightly annoying, but it was a good win for Chelsea. Vish, we've 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 seen what they've been doing in the transfer window. That it's exciting side. Lampard's got that look in his eye. What did you make of them? I think they got the job done. Um, I don't think they did it with any real grace. Uh, really, but at the same time, not even you know, Reese James. I mean that was a hell of a, a hell of a hit, wasn't it's, it? It's Reese James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did the uh, what did the right foot say to the ball? Uh, um, I mean that the timing of that goal, I think, was perfect for, for them because when Trossard gets that equaliser, mm. you know, I was watching that and thinking, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. Just put just you know maybe another five minutes yes. of, of pressure because Brighton well, Brighton played some good stuff as they, as yeah. they have done. Throughout last season, all we need just... is a close range Lewis Dunk free header. <sighs> yeah, and oh. we should be in business. Yeah, I know. but just I, I think with uh, you know, I was going to say that they were relatively unimpressive Chelsea, given obviously mm-hmm. they made their signings, but it'll take a while for them to bed in. And I appreciate that everyone's had the same issues with preseason being so small and not being able to build their players back up mm-hmm. and you know instill any new philosophies and whatever. Um, but they need a bit more time than most, given that the number of new faces that they have to integrate straight into mm-hmm. the first 11 as well. So yeah. I don't think Chelsea fans worry too much about the performance per se. Um, although Kai Havertz's little crossfield ball to no one was quite fun. Yeah, that was... that was. Uh, <laughs> Is that what they bought him for? That was Jim? not a multi-million pound ball, was it? <laughs> you um, knew as soon as he did that, as soon as it happened, you're like, meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll yeah. be around for about a week yes. now with yeah. 20 million views by you, Thursday. But the problem is, though, for him, though, if he doesn't start playing well, that is just going to keep on coming, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Lampard, he, he started with... With Werner and Havertz because Werner won the penalty uh, sort of fairly early on. What I loved about uh, that sort of sequence of events when Werner went through, normally what happens is if a defender thinks oh, that probably was a penalty, but I want to play on, they'll just smash it into the stands. A big yeah. hoof and clearance. If you watch it again, the defender who's got his back to the the forwards. Um, and the ball is quite fairly sort of perilously close almost to the, to the Brighton goal, just sort of like stops playing as if, yeah, that's yeah. going to be given, isn't it? You know, like play on, man. Let VAR or the referee decide that. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you disagree, Jim. You no, think he no, did the right no, honesty I, is the best policy? Well, I, no, you've got to play to the whistle, haven't you? Even if you've definitely committed I know, but that Brighton defender was dangerously close not playing to the whistle and get a decision against his own side. I think VAR changes that, though, doesn't it? Mm. And I, I wonder, actually, because you don't have the crowd there, you just have the reaction of your own players. And, you know, you can tell... We can tell in the body language when it is a penalty because you can tell defenders are a bit... Like Rodrigo mm-hmm. um, for, for Leeds was a bit like, <sighs> oh, what have I done? what have I done? My team have played so bloody well yeah. and I'm the new boy and I want to make an impression. Oh, no. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, so I wonder if he just heard the groans of, of his teammates mm. and thought, right, that's a penalty, isn't it? But I tell you what, though, that, on that sort of uh, strand, Kyle Walker-Peters uh, uh, for Southampton against Palace didn't look worried at all about that. No, he was really yeah. calm, wasn't he? was he? just, just so like, collected. Don't worry, lads, VAR, yeah, sort that obviously. out. And then when the referee went, oh, yeah, yellow card, he was just like, yeah, well, finally, you've caught up. Yeah, yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, I would echo Vish's sentiments about Chelsea, though. I think they it was very much they just got the job done, wasn't it? They didn't play. Mm. Uh, it wasn't scintillating stuff. They weren't particularly uh, exciting to watch, but I think that's that's going to change with the, with the quality they've got in the, in this team. But would you be concerned then? Because uh, I know what you mean people say get the job done, but defensively they weren't great last season. Much was said about that. You know, Dunk should score. I mean, yeah, he's absolutely. A, he's a great chance. And that's a two-one. Question marks of the goalkeeper. Kepper again. Uh, again. He wasn't I mean, a howler, but he wants to do a little bit better. Kepper should be doing better. But then Reese James just like straight away. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant goal. But I think, you know, Zuma's goal was a little bit fortunate as well, wasn't it? And I think no, no, the, no, no. the scoreline sort of. Let's not move on from Reese James's goal so quickly, Jim. Oh, we've just spoken about it twice, though. I think thrice is what it is. Okay, fair enough. It it it's so good, it's a hat trick. No, but it's one, of the, it's one of those goals where even if you'd be a Brighton fan, you'd be like, oh my God, fair play. Yeah. You know, like you get off your seat. It's an absolute peach. It's an, it's an early peach. But it's the most annoying thing when your team concede immediately after yeah, scoring, but- especially especially from a screamer. I think it's worse if it's from a screamer. Yeah, because you only get so many Because you're not of them. tight. You've given them space. Yeah, you only get so many of them, you know, scored for you and against you in a season. Um, but for a right, for an English right back to score that goal, I just thought... Why are you all right back? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Single one of you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I, I think the count is six. Six strong sort of young English right backs. And and uh, you know, young, even but... even Lamptey at the right wing. I know. Oh, sorry, yeah. not the right wing, on the you know, right he back for very, very right wing back for Brighton, yeah. yeah. But I tell you what though, Chelsea, they they, they there's a bit of young English talent in the side. Reese, James, uh, Mason Mount, Ruben Loftus cheek, mm-hmm. good to see him back in there. He's, was he's... it though? Well I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cut like it was it was great to see him starting a game. Yes. He's obviously had a horrendous time with injuries, was it eighteen months with So that's the point injury? I'm really making. Yeah. yeah. But he looked like I mean, as it would, we should say, mm. but he looked like that was that's an injury that has taken a proper toll on him. Because I don't think he had mm. quite the job. Again, for, you know, first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what I hope that, because I, I know what you're saying there, because he's, he's a good player. You know, we, we saw him, uh, you know, previous season. We saw him at the World Cup, for crying out loud. Uh, and I, he's that type of midfielder that I think England don't have too many of those players who can really put his foot on the ball and do something. Um, so I sincerely hope and Callum Hudson-Odoi coming on as well mm. uh, was another one who had a bad injury uh, last season so I think that yeah I understand what you mean Vish and you, you really as a, as a young man you don't want him to kind of be be kind of playing with that sort of what, what, what am I trying to say you know the hangover of that injury if you see what I mean which we see sometimes happens to players yeah uh, and it would be understandable if, if he did you know mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think it uh, yeah let, let, fingers crossed this is just you know this is one step in the in the right direction, as you say. Yeah. Started after that injury break, and mm. um, no, uh, all the best to him. I was all happy to see Mason Mount play a bit deeper because mm-hmm. you did wonder 
with Havertz coming in is that it, does that put Mason Mount's place under threat? But mm-hmm. I think you know he's, he's he's a very versatile player, and seeing him play a bit further back mm-hmm. was was nice to know that Lampard isn't going to effectively replace him with an expensive new signing. And also Ben Chilwell's still to come in, and I, I believe he made the most sprints out of any player in the Premier League last season. So he's going to give Chelsea a lot of urgency, and if they're going to um, you know, get these players to gel. He's going to play a big, big part in that. So I think that I'd be very excited if I was a Chelsea fan and I would not be overly bothered by that performance being a little bit, you know, um, win when you're not playing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of Brighton themselves? I mean, they, you know, they're playing against their superior side, of course. Uh, the better news for them, other than the result, of course, is that Ben White came back. He's yeah. back from Leeds. Went off injured, there. unfortunately. Didn't yeah, he? he did. But, but he, you know, he looks the part. And, and as you mentioned, Tarek Lamptey as well. Um, Doing well. I think I think Brighton. I I think in my predictions I had them down to be relegated last season, which uh, was obviously it turned out to be a poor prediction. This season, I think people are thinking, yeah, Potter's in there. He's a bit more established and so on. Seems to have a plan and know what they're doing. And uh, it's quietly it's looking quite good for. But oh, I say looking quite good. They just beat three one. But it's fairly positive. Do you not think the picture down there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There was um, obviously that chance that Morpé shouldered. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Lampty in the first half. Yeah. Um, as you said, there was a loose dunk free header as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they created chances and they played good stuff. They, you know, it was a lot of what we saw last year, actually. Um, they're great build up play. It's just that finishing is yeah. mm-hmm. is a bit of an issue for them. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, we, we saw that there yesterday. And I think as well, you know, they play out from the back, which was what got them in trouble. But. Mm-hmm. Even then, I would, I'd be keener to put the blame specifically on Alzate because it was such a lazy pass, it was, yeah. wasn't it? Um, mm. You know, and you could see all the lanes that were open mm. for them, for him specifically at that point. So, you know, they don't really need to do too much different. And I think they can look at the game and think, well, we could have that could have been two two, as mm-hmm, you said. Yeah. You know, the uh, the Zuma goal was was very lucky. Oh, it was so annoying. For yeah, them. it really was. <laughs> but like the, 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 the little squirmer. Yeah, completely. And there were points in the second half, particularly in the first section of it, where they they were controlled possession really really well which is a tough ask against against any you know, top four team really mm. but but Chelsea in, in particular really and um i think when they when they're not playing chelsea you mm. know when they're playing teams that are, are, are traditionally sort of closer to them where they, where they generally finish or even a little bit higher up the table that ability to control a game is going to be really really useful for them but i th- the main problem is obviously as as you said fish like where the goal is going to come from they don't you know they don't really have prolific forwards do they and maybe I think that's the next step for Brighton isn't it it's either somebody steps up this season or Mm -hmm. they sign someone in the next couple of windows and they establish themselves a bit further up the table that's got to be the aim it was a shame for Adam Lallana having to go for half time Mm. after picking up an injury you know 32 years old he's the oldest player in that squad yeah and that's remarkable that there's also there was also a stat yesterday that the last time he played 90 minutes was the last time Stuart Downing played 90 minutes (laughs) wow (laughs) <laughs> which is incredible yeah, yeah the, I, I, I almost turned into Christopher Walken then yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> well, um, the, um, you know, he's only had nine league games in the last three seasons I mean what the hell um, but yeah he's his last few thanks Woody uh, <laughs> Woody Woody Allen yeah that was very Woody Allen was that yeah. a bit Woody Allen <laughs> it veered towards it yeah and he hit it up his dad's ass he's, he's, you know trying to yeah you've got to think of what they have said before you kind of start doing what you think they'll say yeah you see what I mean um, yeah, that was that was quite disappointing because we. Well, the we, impression or the performance. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your words. Imp- Choose your words carefully, Let's my man. About the impression, I've got loads in there. there. But Lalana, um, yeah, because we, you know when Jules was on the show and when he first signed, we were quite excited because the way that Brighton play and the way that he plays when he's fully fit. Mm-hmm. 
he can get involved in their kind of midfield interplays and also break forward if he if, if he needs to if there's space for him to do so he's very mm. good at timing his runs especially out to the wings as well he was quite good at that when he had his few appearances for Liverpool of just yeah. leave, leaving a central position and, and appreciating the fact that he might need to support someone on the left or the right yeah um and uh, you know what was really uh, sad when you see an injury like that is the way that he seemed quite resigned to it mm. you know he spent about a couple of minutes you know um cutting the tape on his shin pads and yeah yeah, he's I mean, almost a bit like oh, here we go again. He started mm. nine league games in the last three seasons. Yeah, I mean, I mean and 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 at thirty two years old, you know, the, the last thing he needs is to sort of go oh, another. Oh yeah, fine, yeah. and then starts to take it easy on the pitch. It's, uh, you know, sometimes subconsciously, and that, that's not yeah. a well. Michael Richards spoke yeah. very eloqu- eloquently about that in an interview with the Athletic yeah. uh, last season about how. You, you just do find yourself doing that. You do find yourself holding back because if you feel like, mm-hmm. if you feel your knee, a little bit of soreness there or something, which does happen mm-hmm. in, you know, when anyone plays any sort of sport, then it makes you second guess yourself. Well, and, Michael Owen said the same thing. You know, you obviously had so many years as a young player being very explosive. And then he said, you, know, you go to make that run and you go, oh, no, I better not. Yeah. And so you, you restrict the game. So hopefully uh, that won't happen there. So, yes, uh, good win for Chelsea nonetheless. I should say, gentlemen, that, uh, of course, Jorginho opened the scoring uh, during the game uh, against Brighton, uh, which meant Jules' pick of Timo Werner didn't come in for Betway's four to score. We got zero out of four. Mm. And we'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will do our damnedest not to, but uh, but we will surely do that again, sadly. Uh, so do tune in uh, on Friday for another round of our selecciones, uh, as the uh, Germans would say. Right, uh, let's move on uh, to uh, Sheffield United against Wolves. Uh, Sheffield United built on a strong defence last season, Vish, and within six minutes, with hindsight, the game was all over. Yes, it was. But what an opening goal, though. Oh, lovely. I don't, I don't know that you they could have done anything about that, considering it not only came from a counter-attack, but if you re-watch it, not one Wolves player made an incorrect decision. Mm-hmm. Not one Wolves player dawdled on the ball. Even Daniel Podence, when he stopped, was to whoever was uh, um, marking him for Sheffield United, was to basically get them to stop, and then he just paced past them. Mm, yeah, Like, it was... Perfect, and even Jimenez having the balls to do to pull off a shot like that. Yeah, he had so much time, and it was it was brilliant to get a glimpse of how a, a striker of that quality thinks. You know, because he had so much time to choose how to hit his volley to sort of put the side of his foot out and then then tap it with the you know the, the I don't know the little bump on the side where your toe is. I don't know what you call that <laughs> bit, but like it was such a specific use of, of of that part of his foot to get the exact connection he wanted, and it was just a. Uh, just absolutely elite. He's such a good player. You know, Marcus, you know, I'm speaking yeah, to a, another elite a, a, well, yeah. a world-class striker here. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, more of a midfielder these days, but yes, we, we, no one will forget my um, yeah. younger days. You never no, lose that sort of thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. yeah, Wayne Rooney's not going to be remembered as a midfielder. It's very though, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was the way that he, he had t- definitely had time to take a touch, but that touch that he was he would have he might have taken had mm. to be perfect and yeah. it had to be in a specific direction away from the defenders who were coming from his left. Mm. And he just thought, well actually I probably fancy my child. He's he's almost like the Terminator. He did the yeah. percentages in his yeah. head and thought, Yeah, it's probably more likely to go in if I just lift my leg to my shoulder and side foot it in the top yeah. corner. Yeah. yeah. Stick the boot in and ask questions later, Jim. Yeah, indeed. Like any other club around that that, you know, part of the Premier League in terms of where where teams finished last season would would surely have lost Jimenez at this point or there would be a saga around him and that's true of a few of their players as well well he did but try Jimenez 
You, you what, sorry? He did try to bring a saga, didn't he? When we talked about him, when he said, uh, when people were saying, you know, you're being linked with Manchester United, Juventus, all these teams, and he just went, yeah, yeah, no, I'm up for all of that. <laughs> yeah. Are they? That's great. That. Yeah. Oh, well, but, you know. But for whatever reason, Wolves have actually managed to sort of quash that and yeah. hang on to him with a minimum of fuss. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is really, really exciting round there. It is. And obviously, you know, the, what's really impressive about them actually I think particularly watching this game especially up against such a tough opponent because Sheffield United obviously they didn't start very well at all but they did come back into it and they did you know mm. show what, what what they showed last season that ended up you know, getting them finishing where they did was that Wolves haven't played a single game in pre, pre-season because obviously they had so many last season they yeah. obviously decided that the break was of, of more value but they just hit the ground running again mm. they just looked exactly the same obviously they're playing in the Anglo-Italian Cup this week and I think they've got a Cup Winners <laughs> Cup qualifier as well I think they're the guest in the uh, Copper oh, America as I'm well next up. summer so yeah they're, they're doing all that Absolutely. But, um, I think but, yeah. they're hosting the new Have I Got News For You as well <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Friday's up. yeah I mean it's, talking of you know exciting things at Wolves I mean Nuno Espirito Santo said he believes something special is being built all that beautiful wizard mm. um, yeah, Iberian wizard isn't he he is he really is um, he signed a three year deal this weekend as well which is good news for them but it's true it's exciting times for Wolves um, and yeah, you wonder how far they, they, they can go in the league this season I mean <laughs> Spurs it seems to be more of the same under Mourinho we'll see Everton have obviously improved on the on, by the looks of it and, uh, and what not um, you know I I, I I think that he will have a sort of a blueprint to sort of say, right, let's try and get fourth, you know. I mean, it would be ridiculous, if, I suppose, if he didn't in one sense. But it is a sort of semi-realistic target for them to, to sort of push on because they do go about their business in, in a certain way. Um, and they've, they've started the season very, very well. Um, Sheffield United, they, they improved in the second half. Uh, Ramsdale, you know, made sort of a couple of saves and uh, and whatnot. I mean, there's no real sort of cause for concern. You wouldn't say at this early stage, Richard, then, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. Norwood was uncharacteristically ropey, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Fleck hit the post. They had a chance. To, uh, yeah. You know, they had a couple of chances coming in there, but obviously Jimenez missed quite. Quite an easy chance oh, as well when Sais hit the post. Yeah, um, the post got a battering in that game, didn't it? <laughs> it did, yeah. Like it did something because then him and I hit it again with a header at the near post, yeah. didn't mm-hmm. it? And I feel like actually this was the it's the shoutiest game I've yet heard since we've been in a situation with with no fans. So I actually turned off that. I actually changed channels to watch it without the fake crowd. It's noise better like that because it was the particularly in a game like this. Mm. Just it was it was like a, a pub car park fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like they dub the sound yeah. from that on over you got top your Portuguese phrase book yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay on this page hit him hit him <laughs> hit him again um, yeah it, it was it was great <laughs> yeah I, I don't think Sheffield United have anything to worry about really mm. the, the real difference was that they, they need a striker and, yeah. um, same as Brighton isn't it in a very yeah. different way but. yeah and Chris Wilder said that he, he's pretty confident of, of bringing someone in bringing mm. some established striking talent mm-hmm. the question is who that will be because you know there really isn't any and which is why, as you said before, Wolves keeping Jimenez is such a big deal. Mm. And it goes back to how Wolves do their business in that he, when they sign him on a permanent deal, they sign him on a four-year deal. So I think mm. he expires in 2023. Mm-hmm. He is on decent money. There's no release clause as well. Yeah. So while they're ambitious, they're also, they're not going to think like a, a club who need to be grateful for these players and, sure. 
and you know, I suppose meet them more than halfway with a mm. deal. They wouldn't be like, a, you know, they wouldn't be so stupid to give someone, oh, you can leave for free if you want to a year before. And uh-huh. you know, you've got to pay 600 million for you. They're not a small club, are no, they? No, exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. They're not small for like some. Yeah, it doesn't always bucks. work out that approach, as, as no. Real Madrid will testify to, but uh, locking them down in big contracts. But uh, I, with Sheffield United, you do get some teams, Ipswich Town leap to mind that when they have they can have a really good season and then the next season they completely drop drop off yeah or not completely but they they, they suddenly go oh actually hang on a minute what, what were we playing at last season we need to know our place I don't get that vibe from Sheffield United because they have team spirit they also have a good system and I think often they've got more than that of course but just to really kind of boil it down to, to basic um, areas often with teams they'll they'll have a great sort of team spirit and they on the sort of they'll, they'll ride that wave as as much as they can Hull City another one although that that was that was in the microclimate of just one season of course that kind of doing well and then dropping off but with Sheffield United you think yeah no that they'll be good which is why Leeds United fans will be purring because they seem to have a good team spirit and a good system Fulham and West Brom struggling already and and you know do they have the kind of system because Billich can can foster that team spirit and Fulham as we saw just personified in that in that playoff final um that that kind of spirit but not not quite the system certainly yet we we shall see but yeah Sheffield United as you say which I don't really I don't worry for them at all I think they'd be looking for another top half finish you'd think you know yeah well the, the thing that they have in common with Leeds is that their football looks sustainable mm-hmm. in that you know even if they were without three first team players yeah the three players that come in would know exactly what they need to do in their exactly, role. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I don't see that with Fulham. I don't didn't really see it with West Brom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, that would be the issue. I mean, they're not going to... Neither of those clubs are going to be worried about relegation, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be... I had a go at Fulham yesterday and I felt really bad, actually. Mm. Um, no, I'm saying. Easy yeah. target, aren't they? Yeah, deserved, I think. You know, <laughs> got, um, but, yeah, I actually said I've, I felt quite bad because if you, if you were listening, I think you would have been quite disappointed in us. But, yeah, I, I do fear for them. Mm. We shall see, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, we're going to go for a quick break now and after which we've got some Newcastle United chat for you. See you in a moment. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Before we get to any old takeover nonsense, we've got some emails for you. Now, we have a new email address, okay? I know you you were used to the other one because of that jingle from Pete Donaldson out of the, the hit factory, but we have a new email address. So send your emails to show at footballramble.com. There are no other words or letters in there. Show at footballramble.com. That's where you email. When you sit down and you go, I'm going to email the Football Ramble, Oh, what's the email? It's show at footballramble.com. Okay. Thank you for those who did email that. Uh, we do appreciate it. We've got one from Neil Carraher who says, Hey guys, settle in by the way, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of those emails. Um, I was talking to my dad recently about innovative but potentially controversial ideas for football. This was spurred on by Paul Doyle's previously suggesting that uh, goalkeepers should not be allowed to catch the ball. I came up with a strangely harsh idea of my own. So he's already writing his own idea off. Don't worry, Neil, we'll do that. Uh, this is his idea. Teams who get relegated are forbidden from regaining promotion the following season. Okay. 
Before you comment, chaps, there are three other paragraphs to get through. I was gutted when Brentford lost in the playoff final, boo-hoo, uh, to Fulham. Fulham. Fulham have yo-yoed between the Championship and the Premier League now for a little while, and I just had a feeling of, oh, let someone else have a go. Um, so what about a team uh, that was relegated and won the Championship the following season? They would still be crowned champions of that division, but automatic promotion would go to second and third, provided neither of those teams were relegated the previous season after either. The playoffs would be between fourth and seventh place with the, th- with the same proviso. It might seem harsh on the teams who get relegated, but it opens the door slightly for teams who are on the cusp of getting promoted instead of them being muscled out by teams with more resources. The same method would apply between all of the professional divisions. So if you get relegated from the Championship to League One, you can't instantly get promoted back up to the Championship the following season. Mad idea, I know, but what do you think? Well, I'm very conscious of not um, going in with two feet, as mm-hmm. we perhaps, and more, myself more than anyone, did on our beloved Damien Cunningham, who was the guy who suggested points for the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, this, I know that this is suggested with tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, this removes the idea of, of, of uh, consistent competition, doesn't it? It's bollocks, Jim. Yeah, I know. It's, I know that. Neil knows that. We all know that. But we're going to go down this garden path, because this is the choice we've decided to make with this email, right? Like, it's it's it's... it's Chaos! It's crazy. You can't you can't tell a team that um, their league position doesn't count for the same as mm. someone else. You can't you cut off that consistent idea of what competition is right at the top. And also, you know, it's not always the teams with the highest resources that mm. that you know that, that achieve success. Yeah, often it is, but it isn't. It isn't always, mm. is it? And it's not fair, Neil. It's what? not fair. Why are you tackling this seriously? I don't know. Fish? You're going to be in a situation where a team will get relegated from the Premier League. Mm-hmm. They'll lose all their players. Let's say they Fulham. Will, yeah. yeah, They'll lose all the players because they'll know it take them at least two years to yeah. get back in the Premier League if uh-huh. they stay. Mm. Uh, so then they get relegated to League One. Yeah, yeah. And they can't get relegated. They can't get promoted back to the. Championship. No, I think no. I think they could. I think it's the ne- it's the immediate. It's a, you mean if it's they come up and yeah, okay, yeah. I mean it's still mental. Yes, it is. But the um, yeah, I, I mean it's quite a good way of getting clubs to go out of business as well. It's a very good yeah. way of that. Why don't so, we? I mean, he should. Neil, go and watch MLS. There's no relegation there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but he. He says that as a as a Brentford fan, and I'm all for, you know. I'm all for. Is he a Brentford fan? Well, I assume so. He said he was. I was gutted when Brentford lost in the playoff final. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of neutrals were, were supporting Brentford. I think this might yeah. be a case of that's what football do to you. Yeah, I like, think if so. You, if you're a grieving Brentford fan at the moment, this probably seems like the most logical thing in the world. Well, I yes, I think we should move on from this illogical nonsense and, and utter chaos and crap and ridiculous ideas um, because it's dragging us down. I actually don't think he is a Brentford fan actually, but I um, I do think. He is very anti-Fulham. So maybe he's got a good point. Yeah, okay. Well, as I say, we're moving on from from all that kind of crap. Straight to Mike Ashley. Um, Newcastle are going to take legal action against the Premier League over all that takeover business. Yes, he's he's instructed two leading QCs to represent the club in their dispute with the Premier League over its rejection of the Saudi-led takeover based on its owners and directors test. Well, I mean, last week, Mike Ashley accused the Premier League's chief executive, Richard Masters. Now, he does sound like something out of Game of Thrones um, of not ha- having acted appropriately Mike Ashley's a man who knows how to act appropriately unless there's a fireplace of course he's mourning his money here isn't he <laughs> like the whole idea is like oh this is about what's right and what's true it's like no you just you just want your cash <laughs> 
you want your 300 million or whatever it was and you want to just walk off into the sunset <laughs> save the high street for some reason why is he so into that uh, oh yeah again it's money yeah. isn't it well um, yes yeah, so apparently they, they didn't act appropriately during the process when the Saudis the Rubin brothers and Amanda Staveley rode into town and he believes that led to their 300 million pound offer being withdrawn actually it's just struck me yeah St James's Park is bang in the middle of Newcastle isn't it so it's the closest you're going to get to a stadium being on a high street <laughs> is that why he bought them in the first place is he just that obsessed with this maybe that will make a good warehouse <laughs> and it's well located yeah, yeah and people seem to be going there every every weekend yeah. I can whack a Frankie and Benny's in there probably yeah, absolutely they love sports gear as well my yeah. goodness this would be stupid not to do this imagine how many big mugs you can put in there oh, oh my yeah. you know sometimes you get like a band in a, in a shopping centre like that's, yes. that's what he sees Newcastle mm. as yeah. like the, it, the in in mall entertainment yeah, it's it's uh, it's remarkable. How it's all the takeovers, Jim. You made a good point. Takeovers are like transfers these days. They're becoming that way, aren't they? Because yeah. it used to be a huge deal if the, if there was a sort of takeover rumor of any club, mm-hmm. um, even even sort of lower down the divisions. But now there's, there's there's talk of it with West Ham today, which I'm sure we'll come on to later in the week. But like it's it's just constant, mm-hmm. and it's it's boring. Yeah. Well, West Ham, they've had a takeover bid rejected by some uh, Americans. I mean. Just, they're two a penny. Mm. Well, the 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 point about them being like transfers is spot on because the messaging behind the scenes is exactly the same as well. Both yeah. sides kind of want to mm-hmm. get their own mm. bits of propaganda out there because even the Mike Ashley um, this lawsuit that he's going to file um, read in the Telegraph from Luke Edwards. I'll, I'll, I'll just read it out to you, but like whether Ashley intends to take the legal action with the intention to revive the deal or whether he's seeking compensation is unclear at this at this stage. But his main motivation seemed to be a desire to get to the bottom of what has been a, what has happened in a public forum, so supporters fully understand the situation. Now, translated, that basically means he doesn't want to be blamed for it, mm. and he wants mm. something that fans can hold on to that, that absolves him of that. that. Absolves him of it's blame, funny, yeah. isn't it? He's really trying to, this kind of late stage attempt to rescue his reputation. Weirdly, because he doesn't seem to have been that bothered about you know the the kind of the the. the the light in which Newcastle fans hold him up until now. I think I think he has actually, and I, I think that's why he seems so desperate, or why he is so desperate to get rid of the club now and to do so in this manner because it. I think he saw the quote unquote positive press that he was getting, the fact that he was trying to f- facilitate this deal, and thought, well, actually, this is probably the best reputation I'm ever going to get here, mm. and I'm going to get some money for it as mm. well. Um, yeah, the West Ham thing's interesting because again, it is you know, a club and a fan base who want rid of their owners and now see this happening. And we might be going through the... Mm. We might be having exactly the same conversation in a month's time over West Ham's... Yeah. Over failed takeover bit of West Ham. Um, and so, yeah, much like transfers, yeah, it'll be something that we constantly have to talk about. It is, yeah. But it is this idea, you know, when you you sign a couple of new players or something, and you think, oh, they could transform us. They'll get us going. It's like that with owners now. They'll yeah. come in and save the day. Yeah, absolutely. Or they'll come in and we'll end up paying them. Mm-hmm. Which is what happens at Man United, and I know, I know that Arsenal's <laughs> yeah. owners take money yes. out of the club sometimes as well. So, like, it's you know, it can go either way, can't it? It's their club, mate. Well, indeed, <laughs> it is. That, that's the danger, isn't it? I know. <laughs> oh dear. And the German football fans must think, "What on earth have you done?" Mm. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's go over to the states for a, for a, a short moment. Uh, into Miami, have got Gonzalo Higuain. How about yeah. that? What a signing, Vish! He looks quite fit as well. He does. You know, there's the whole uh, a lot of stuff with Higuain is whether he's put on weight, and there was mm-hmm. the story was it when he was at Napoli where he 
supposedly came back from a preseason six kilos overweight. And I think, you know, after the pandemic, we can all appreciate that. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> during lockdown. But um, yeah, he, look, he looks in good order. He'd be. Um, yeah, very exciting, very exciting uh, signing. Old, old Iggsy's uh, set to become the highest paid player in uh, Major League Soccer. Do you see he was pictured with Inter-Miami managing owner Jorge Mas uh, at the airport. That's George Moore, is what his <laughs> name is, which is quite enjoyable. Um, but yeah, he was pictured at the airport with him. Arms round each other, not socially distanced, but they did have masks on. Mm. Maybe so, they moved in together. Maybe that, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they, no kissing with the, with the masks. Um, but in the photo, there's... You don't have a, to kiss people you move in with. Oh, but the Argentinians, they like no. little kiss on... Oh, oh, I see, also, sorry. you don't know what people are into. Maybe, maybe like mask kissing is a dirty bastard. I thought you meant French kissing. No, yeah. no, no. Well, maybe people are into that, you know, to each their own. Yes. Not while there's a pandemic on, Jim. No, but if they've both got masks on, it's all right, isn't it? Uh, but the masks negate it. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, in the photo, there's a picture of what I assume is a crocodile. I assume it's some sort of Everglades kind of thing because he's obviously in Florida. But it looks a little bit like with a Velociraptor with its with its mouth open. So there's a touch of like the clever girl about it. Yeah, and the, the, photo. the wonderful Michael Bublé memes. Uh, yes, exactly. The, I, I'm quite enjoying that. Um, Into Miami, they haven't done brilliantly so far this season as I'm sure everybody is aware. They've struggled with goals, so who do you get in? You call Iggsy. Yeah, um, last, Brighton. Yeah, exactly, could have done. Uh, last I checked, they were at the bottom of the Eastern Conference with just two wins from 11. Sorry, I mean, it's not it's not Beckham-esque, Jim. But they're not getting relegated, are they? They're not so, getting relegated, just to put the kettle on, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got the searing heat of Miami, and they play through summer. <laughs> Sod this. What, no relegation? All right, stroll about the pitch. Um, yeah, they invested in some South American players, uh, young players, but it hasn't quite clicked. And I think they're quite keen um, for, for local talent as well. One of the reasons why they went to Miami, of course, was big Latino population who are traditionally uh, into football and so on and so forth. So I think they're sort of trying to go about it the right way, as far as I can tell. But it does help when you have uh, when you have a proven goal scorer like Iguain turn up on Big Money. And of course, Blaise Matuidi went there as well, the World Cup winner. So, you know, you have to balance it a little bit as well uh, with some, some designated players. Do you know Gonzalo Iguain's brother Federico plays in MLS? I completely yes. forgot he's yeah. got a brother. Plays for DC United. He played for Columbus Crew for, for many, Columbus many years. Crew. I remember him for Columbus Crew. Yeah, yes, you're a, yeah, you're more of a Columbus Crew type of guy. You know what? No, I'm a Philadelphia Union guy. Are you? Yes. Big I unionist am. though, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, so my yeah. partner is from You were never going to be a New England Revolution. No, God you know, no. More God of the no. same for you. My partner's from Philadelphia, so ah. I, went to saw, I went to see the Union. They have um, Boddington's on tap but do they and they wow. they regard it as a craft beer and, and Nuki Brown as well no, I love that yeah it's going to get the local the, the local British population involved yeah um, yeah so uh, well I, I I look forward to seeing Iguain in those uh, the nice pink and black of, of Miami I do quite like the colours there yeah yeah they, they, they're they doing a lot of the marketing right aren't they that's Beckham yeah. surely that's got to yeah. be Beckham the fashionista that is David he looks fantastic I, it's a, of course he does a friend of mine said he uh, um <laughs> What did my mate say? This did make me laugh. He, uh, uh, a friend of the show, I would say, Kristen Hennage, a fine journalist, uh, and, uh, and 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 he's now operating uh, in America. And he said, um, he, he said, I hope I, I hope Kristen don't mind me saying this. He messaged me saying that he, he met Beckham. He was doing a sort of press thing with him and uh, he said Beckham gave him a little wink and a smile when they were in the press conference and he said by the time I got on the subway home I was expecting twins (laughs) (laughs) which which I do I could imagine uh, you know one would feel that way he um, posted a photo of himself with the um, 
wearing the Manchester United Zebra third kit. I did. And he looked incredible. Yeah, he people said the, the only man who could maybe pull this kid off yeah. or something. It's cheating, actually. It is a little Put bit. Put on a normal person. Well, that kit has come under scrutiny, hasn't it? So you've got to bring out the big guns. Gentlemen, we're going to finish the show uh, with Hamburg's Tony Leistner. Um, former QPR man, of course. If you haven't seen this, do treat yourself. Um, yeah, the, it, on his debut for Hamburg, they were playing in the Cup. They lost 4-1 uh, to Dynamo Dresden, who are an inferior side, it's fair to say. Um, but, but Big Tone, he had a debut that, that we'll never forget, certainly. Um, Dynamo Dresden, a former club of, uh, of uh, Leisner, and there was around 10,000 fans in attendance, quite a big crowd. I think it's the biggest crowd in Germany since uh, the lockdown. And, and as, as Big Tone was given a post-match interview, the Dresden fans started chanting at him. Now, I don't know what they were chanting, but whatever they were chanting, it didn't deserve the reaction it got. Leisner, he, he went into the stands, sort of Eric Dyer style, mm. uh, and, and, and started having a go. He grabbed one fan by the shirt and threw him to the ground, and then the fans were like, sort of, there, was a, there was a bit of a backlash from the stewards. I think the yeah. stewards actually pushed him away, and he nearly fell over. And, uh, and uh, you know, he, he then sort of calm, fairly calmly then went back and sort of jumped over Stan and then went back to his interview yeah. but they're out the cup gym that's the big story there yeah on his debut as well which is the most amazing thing yeah what on earth was Dresden's reaction was really interesting because they um, they, uh, they've condemned the supporter that apparently abused him said it was uh, it was shameful that this had happened um, especially with his history there and they, they, they tweeted we're looking for the person because we don't want to let this incident stand thanks to 99.9% of all stadium visitors for your support <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable I think he said something about his family didn't he that's, uh, I think Lyson went on Instagram and, and posted something about it and said that that's why he well, mm. I, I think he said he you know, he shouldn't have done it, but that was why he did, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I cannot do that to certain footballers. You no, just cannot. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't do it to anyone. No, of course. No. But the reaction, I mean, it's a bit like... Cause Eric but Dyer, that always seems to be the thing, doesn't it, that really sets people off? I, yeah, but I think that it can't be because that'll happen all the time to players and it doesn't make it right and it is it's horrible when fans do that mm. and that's piss poor from, their, from them. But I, I don't know what was said, but also, like, Grabbing one particular bloke by the—I mean, get a door. You just—it's you can't do it. I, I think that that's an interesting point. The fact that he grabbed one person, um, you know, by the collar because. I think football fa- football players take a lot of abuse from yeah, the collective. They do, but when they can single someone out, mm. I think they're like, right, well, no, actually, you, I know it's you. I know yeah. you've said this. Yeah, you yeah, shut yeah. up because that's why Dyer yeah. went into the stand because he saw the bloke who was mm. abusing. I think it was, his it was brother. His brother. Um, so yeah, that that and I think because he was last night was doing a uh, halftime interview. Mm-hmm. Pitch side, wasn't he? So he was right there, and he could see clearly yeah. who was who was saying what about his family. And um, yeah, he, he shouldn't do it, but it's one of those annoying things that seems to have to happen to stop the abuse. Mm. Mm. Oh, I know what you mean, but I mean, you would, mind you, you would think that that, fa- that 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 fan or those fans, if indeed they were at fault, because said, I don't actually know what was being chanted, will learn from that. But then you know, <laughs> no. remember the bloke Eric Cantona kicked? Yeah, yeah, he's still a bit of a shit. Apparently, you would hope though that. Despite that reaction, which obviously we don't want to see, that the fans or fan, if indeed they were doing something wrong, which they, they could have been, we don't know, um, will learn their lesson. But it's unlikely that angry football fans really learn their lessons. I mean, look at you, Jim Campbell. <laughs> you know, when someone's fueled with hatred, it's very difficult to wean them off it. Yeah, I, 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 no comment. <laughs> too angry. All right, well, let's but get out of bit, here. got a bit aggressive there, didn't he? Very aggressive wow. for Jim. Let's get out of here before he explodes. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow on uh, on the Football Ramble, Jules is back. 
Jules is back. She'll be joined by Jim and Andy. So get your lug holes around that, everybody. But until then, say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Vish. Goodbye. That's goodbye from me. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.